Alright everybody, and welcome back to another Playing the Field. This is number two of the year, so we will see how it goes. Um, it's still me again, we're still waiting on some equipment stuff to get other people in here. Uh, but I figured I'm just going get to the, get the show going, uh, just like we did last week. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's been happening, a lot of, uh, a lot of NFL, a lot of NBA. Obviously I'm going to start with the NBA just because it's, it's the playoffs and we're getting toward the end here. Um, and I need to take a minute just to rant about my Celtics because they did not look good. And, uh, it's just very sad. I'm, I'm in a very, very sad mood today just because they, I saw a little bit of quit. So a little bit of quit in my team in the first time uh, in a while, and they just uh, they just got outplayed last night, through and through. I mean, they came out flat. I don't know what Tatum was doing in the first half, but he looked sluggish. I I don't. He had a great third quarter, but I, I that just doesn't. I I can't accept that. I can't accept our best player just going a wall for the whole first half of of a crucial playoff game. I can't do that. So I mean what you could see it you could see it in their body language. It was just they just gave up. It was weird. Uh Marcus Smart didn't do anything. Gordon Hayward didn't really do anything. Uh, Gordon Hayward actually had double figures which I I you know, I put him in a different standard just because he's been out for a while, but uh yeah, they just didn't really show up. And it was really sad because this team had done a lot. Uh, they had grinded through a lot and uh, overcame some, some serious heartbreak. And I think it just got to the point where, you know, the Celtics had had so much heartbreak and they, they want a miracle themselves, right? They want to be in the situation where they hit the Anobi shot or they win the game six against the Raptors and they don't lose in epic fashion. But it just seems that they seem to always lose in an epic fashion, and I think a little bit of doubt crept in yesterday, and it got the better of them. Uh, but again, th- they got outplayed through and through. I mean, th- and the Miami Heat just do nothing but zone. They just stay in that 2-3. And the Celtics can't seem... Th- they just keep hucking up outside shots, which isn't going to work. I know it's easier said than done. But in Game 3, they did a lot of creative stuff with the ball they were they were doing double cuts and they have one person cut to the middle of the paint and they'd have another person follow them they started doing dribble handoffs uh and have and have a roller as they drive which works they i I didn't see a lot of that i i really just didn't see a lot of movement i just saw a lot of driving and kicking which works um but again you can't beat a zone if you're just relying on your three-point shot especially when it was as bad as it was honestly the celtics were kind of lucky to even be in that game for a lot of it, because they just, they came out flat, and they came out, they looked defeated, just in body language, in demeanor, uh, Jalen Brown looked a little sluggish, he he did well, I thought he did, played great defense, but the only person that was really up and at him was Marcus Smart, which is no surprise, I mean, he's our leader, but just very disappointing game, uh, there's not a whole lot that I want to talk about. Celtics wise, I mean, again, Tatum cannot go a wall on that on the whole first half here. I'm just gonna look at the stats. I know Bam had a really good game, and I mean, to be fair, Tyler Hero really didn't miss shots, which is hard. It's hard to win 
when a 20-year-old rookie starts hitting everything he shoots, everything he shoots, he'd come off screens and just bury threes. He hit like a 30 or a 25-footer, I think, in a big moment. Uh, yeah, if that's going to happen, it's going to be tough to win. But I still think that the Celtics lost that game uh, more than the Heat won it. So Tyler Hero put up 37, Jimmy Butler 24, Goran Dredgick 22, and Bam with 20 and 12. And Tatum ended up with 28 somehow. Uh, very quiet 28. I still don't. That's a nice stat line, but I, I still don't. Uh, you can't go AWOL in a, in, in a half as a best player. You can't do it. you got to find other ways to get shots. And it, it just seemed like he... It just seemed like he had given up, which is really sad. The whole game, you could see his face. It just, uh, it was kind of disgusting, honestly, to see that. To see that much quit in a team that's come so far and overcame so much. And and the Heat, this is my Celtics fandom coming out, but the Heat make me so angry sometimes because they make it seem... Like, they're the only team in the NBA that works hard. That they're the only team that grinds at practice. That they're the only team that doesn't care about stats and just cares about winning. And I want to shake them. I want to be like, look, there are other teams in this league that grind at practice every day. You are not the only team. And I would love, I would have loved for the Celtics to prove that to them and smack them in the face a little bit and get them back in game in game four, but... Here we are again. The Heat are up 3-1. We are going to have to beat this team three times in a row now. I don't see it happening, especially with the body language last night and the amount of quit. I mean, for God's sakes, I, I thought they should have kept Brad Wanamaker and Robert Williams in longer. They had a, uh, they had an impact, those two. Uh, I, again, I don't know why Grant Williams didn't come into the game. I also worry about, I worry about Kemba a little bit. Because I think he's getting picked on defensively, and it, it and it makes sense a little bit. It's like it's like the Isaiah uh, Isaiah Thomas syndrome for Celtics fans, where you get excited about a guy and his his all star all star you know uh, perennial all star nods and his kind of superstar ten, ten, you know ten, tenaciousness and tenacity, but um, he's he's too, I th- I worry about his height, I do, when. If he switches to anybody on that team, it seems like there's a mismatch. There were multiple times where Jimmy Butler had Kemba Walker on him through a switch, and then Jimmy Butler would just back him down and back him down and shoot over him and make it every single time. And so, you know, unless he was unless he was put on, he was put on Tyler Hero a lot. So unless he's put on, uh, unless he's on Goran Dragic 100% of the time, which will never happen because you have Bam Adebayo and Jay Crowder setting all these screens with a you know, a plethora of shooters. He's going to have to be able to D up on somebody else. And I'm just not seeing enough. Like if you're small like that, you have to do what Pat Beverly does and you have to be unbelievably active and use hands and use, and you know, really use your body and, and, and dig in kind of Marcus smart even does like a little of this when he's on mismatches, but I just, He's not giving me enough defensively. I I guess he's not giving me enough on either end. Like, if he's getting 25 a game, then the pros outweigh the cons. But he's not getting that. He got 20 last night. But again, that's one of his better games of the playoffs. I I need more. I, I need more defensively out of him. And I was again, I would play Robert Williams. I I was shocked that Grant Williams didn't come in. He usually does really well defensively. Um, and and what I also don't understand is. 
Cantor, uh, the Heat run a lot of the screen and roll. Uh, they usually use Cantor in zone situations on the Celtics uh, because he's a great offensive rebounder, and that's a one way, one of the ways to attack a zone. Um, but I think the Heat run run too many pick and rolls to, uh, and he's so bad in the pick and roll defense that that actually, that actually makes sense to me. Uh, but yeah, disappointing game. Uh, again, I think the series is over as sad as it is for me. Uh, the heat, I guess that heat culture, <laughs> that hard work, that grit, the, only the heat, only the heat have that. And, but I guess they, they prevail. So they do have something there. And I, I would not be surprised if a big time free agent landed there, or if even Tyler hero becomes a big time player. I mean, he's been compared to Devin Booker the way he looked last night. I mean, the guy shot, what, what? <laughs> The guy shot an absurd percentage. I think it was like 12 for 18 or maybe something. I think he had 14 field goals, maybe even more than that. But he shot an insane percentage. He did not miss a lot of shots, and he's lights out from three. So that guy, I mean, he's comfortable. He's competitive. He can D up. That guy is going places. And, again, I, I think the heat step just did us in here. Um, moving on a little bit to Nuggets-Lakers. This Nuggets team... They continue to impress the world. It's just, it's amazing. A team that clearly should not be where they are continues to fight, and they continue to get underestimated. And and they're not, they're still not the best team. But I do think they could win this series. I do. And it's specifically because they they're going to be taken lightly, which is exactly what happened last series. The Clippers went up 3-1, and they just sat on it. I mean, the Lakers, you could argue the Lakers should have lost game two. Uh, If it wasn't for that crazy shot by Anthony Davis, I felt so bad for the Nuggets, they probably would have lost that game. So, like, at a certain point, you have to understand what this team does. I mean, don't let Nikola Jokic catch. Anthony Davis is not doing a good job in that realm. He's just not. And and the, the Lakers have a tough matchup on Jamal Murray. I figured that Jamal Murray would be, would go off the series because there's not a lot that you could put on him. I think the Clippers were better equipped in that sense that you could put you have Pat Beverly you could put on him. Um, but Rondo and Danny Green are good defenders, and I think it's a little inexcusable that he just continues to go off. But I mean, this guy has proved that he can win, and he can he raises his game in the big moments. And I'm just waiting. I'm I'm waiting for the Lakers to take them lightly. I mean. It happens every series. It, I mean, it's going to go to Game 7. Apparently, every Nuggets series goes to Game 7. I don't know why, but they. I don't think they've ever played a series that doesn't go to Game 7. I would be surprised if this one doesn't. I mean, this is the Western Conference Finals and everything's on the line. And if the Nuggets win, I do think that they could win it all. Uh, again, I don't, I don't think that's likely. But it, it, this is two straight games that the Lakers have taken them lightly. And it's... They're not going to win. You're you're not going to win. I mean, they're in a better the Nuggets are in a better situation than they were last series. It's two one instead of three one. Three one, they're not out. You know, so we'll see what happens. I mean, it's a one two punch. You know who's scoring? It's Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. The offense runs through them. They still let Jokic catch a ton, which I don't understand. Davis needs to deny that and d up defensively a little bit. And Danny Green needs to do something. They they brought him in. And he has been garbage. He really has. I mean, he's he's a 3 and D guy, but he can't hit threes. So 
that's pretty that's pretty tough when you're you know when that's 50% of the reason that you're there and you start missing threes that's that's pretty bad <laughs> and it's hurting them a lot uh again i think i think the lakers need work on passing specifically they have a lot of guys uh R- rondo was great for them because rondo's a great distributor um, and he pretty much gets eight assists every game. And LeBron's obviously a great passer. Wow, LeBron had a 30-point triple-double. Um, but guys like Markeith Morris and Kyle Kuzma, JaVale McGee, those guys, when they get the ball, they're very stagnant. It, like they, The movement kind of ends when they get the ball entered to them. And I think a lot of these guys like Kuzma and Mar- Markeith Morris, they just we call Markeith Morris the black hole just because Whenever he gets the ball, he's looking to shoot. He's just looking to shoot. And it's, you got to play team basketball. You can't just look to shoot every time. Um, so the Lakers have some work to do still. And I'm just waiting. I'm waiting until they don't take the Nuggets lightly because I, apparently no team in the NBA can do it. So LeBron has been giving a gift on a silver platter here. You better take it. <laughs> Because if you don't, if LeBron does not make it to the finals, I mean, I know he's made it a ton, but this would not reflect well on his legacy if he loses to Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. The, you know, I, it would not reflect well, especially when, you know, the team, you know, they've went out and got players just for him. Like, they got the coach that he wanted. They got AD, which is who he wanted to play with. If he doesn't make it, and I get it's the first year, and the Nuggets have been together for a while, but that, I just don't think that that would reflect well on his, you know, his proclamation to the GOAT legacy that he wants so bad. Um, so that pretty much wraps it up for the NBA. Uh, I'm going to just see some news around the league. Uh, I saw that the Milwaukee Bucks are interested in Russell Westbrook. I saw that rumor. I don't know how real that is. Um, so I'm going to check it just now. Uh, but I think that would be interesting. I don't think that, that would get them out of the hole. I think that if the Milwaukee Bucks want something, it should be Chris Paul. It should not be Russell Westbrook. Chris Paul is a winner. He's a distributor. He can get the ball to Giannis. That connection would be insane. Russell Westbrook has issues, and people don't talk about those issues. He's unbelievably inefficient. He can't shoot. He's he's kind of erratic. Uh, I I imagine he's pretty hard to coach. He's just, he, and he's also very ball dominant. He needs the ball a lot to do well. Chris Paul is just a better fit for me for that team. I think if you could go out and get Bradley Beal, maybe maybe trade. This is what I've been saying about the Bucks for a long time. If you trade Kate Middleton in a pick and maybe Dante Divincenzo, you could get like Bradley Beal. Um. And I think a team of Chris Paul, Bradley Beal, and Giannis would be something fierce. And I think that that's a team that could definitely win next year. Because I think Giannis signs a one-year. Or I think he's got one year left, so he might just wait it out. But I think he's got they got one year to basically prove that they can win this. And if they can't, Giannis is gone. Um, but on that, I'm going to transition to the NFL a little bit. Because there were some crazy things that happened again. Um, and I'll start with the... Falcons Cowboys game. <laughs> oh my god. This is the most Falcons thing I've ever seen. Where Matt Ryan throws for, you know, over 250 yards, four touchdowns. 
and they're they're just ripping it up all over the place. They have a great first half, and then they lose, and they give up. I think it was like a twenty-nine to ten point lead, and they lose, and they lose in the most epic fashion, and they lose, and also simultaneously the most stupid fashion. Why no one jumps on the onside kick, I don't understand. You don't have to wait 10 yards. You can just jump on it. This has all been said, but it makes me angry. The Cowboys did not deserve that game. I think Mike McCarthy is an idiot, personally. Um, But again, everyone thinks that the Cowboys are... This is their year. This is Everyone says that. This is the Cowboys' year. Oh, this is, this is the year. They're going to make the playoffs. And they continuously underperform. So I'm not convinced. I'm not. That was, oh, that was a game. That was a, I mean, it was fun to watch, I will say. I was entertained, and I do give Cowboys credit for not quitting. Doug Prescott did kind of go off at the end there. Um, wasn't with his, wasn't with his passing, though. Remember, wasn't not with his, was not with his passing. He did it with his legs, which is very interesting come crunch time. Um, Eagles look terrible. They got blown out by the Rams. Uh, Let's see. Buccaneers won. Tom Brady did not look great, though. Very strange. We saw Leonard Fournette explode. I'm not surprised about that. But I was surprised that Tom Brady wasn't really that involved. He had that great drive to start the game, and that was pretty much it on Tom's part. I mean, they had a lot. Ronald Jones had a touchdown. Leonard Fournette may have had two touchdowns. Yeah, two touchdowns. Uh, And then Tom Brady had one in the air to Mike Evans, and that was pretty much it. Um, So we'll see what happens there. I mean, I I do expect Tom Brady to pick it up, but I think that he's not looking great. And the Patriots looked good also. That was a crazy game on Sunday Night Football. I think Bill Belichick's winning right now. I do. That was a good Seahawks team. They let up a lot of points to Russell Wilson, which is a problem. And they got to tighten up that defense a little bit. Um. But a lot of good things I saw from the Patriots against a very worthy opponent in the Seahawks. Uh, the Seahawks do have some issues, but they have a good core of Russell Wilson. They have a good head coach. Uh, they, have, they have Russell Wilson and Chris Carson that can run uh, like the wind. And then they got great receivers in Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. It doesn't surprise me that this offense can score points. I was a little surprised that the secondary of the Pats that supposedly the bread and butter of this team got torched kind of like they did. I thought that the Seahawks would run more in this game, take advantage of the front seven. Um, so that's a little concerning. But again, if you if you were worried about the Patriots' offense, I, I'm i not going to say you don't have to worry anymore, but whew, that's a team that had Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams, and they torched them, and they probably should have won. If they had used the trick play that they used on the second or third touchdown, and they had saved that for the end of the game. I was talking about this to a lot of my friends. They probably are winning. They probably won this game, and they've you know made that massive comeback. So, uh, tough loss, but a lot of good things in that win. A lot of good things. Um, kind of moving on. I was wrong. So I went two for two. I went two and two last week. I got the Lions wrong. The Packers blew out the Lions, which I was I was a little surprised by, but lo- looking back on it, the Packers defense has been playing well. I mean, 
Matthew Stafford did not have a great game. 244 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. I mean, that's not... They didn't have Kenny Galladay, which is a big uh, big issue. But so I got that wrong. I got the Rams right. I picked the Rams. I, 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 was, I was dead on in that. I mean, the Eagles just look terrible. Uh, I think that's more indicative of the Eagles being bad and not together than it is the Rams being good. Um, but we'll see. I think I'm betting against the Rams in, in my next pick here. Uh, I'll look at it in a minute. But um, trying to think of what my other picks were. Oh, I got my, I got Niners minus seven two. That was kind of a no brainer for me because th- that Jets team is just so depleted. Losing Le'Veon Bell, <laughs> Jamison Crowder, like they had no one. They literally had no one, and a whole new offensive line, a defense that lost Jamal Adams. <laughs> like that that team is. <sighs> I could see that team going zero sixteen. I really could. Uh. And and they're gonna get healthier, and things might change in that regard. But phew, that was kind of a no-brainer. Um, and I got one more wrong. Let's see. Let's see what I got wrong. Oh yeah, I picked Vikings. Uh, not right at all. Kirk Cousins was horrendous. I don't understand why Dalvin Cook had short of 20 carries that makes no sense at all they totally went away what this team does and they didn't really throw the ball to Adam Thielen so (laughs) if you want to lose games as the Vikings that's how to do it don't give Dalvin Cook more than 15 carries and don't throw the ball to Adam Thielen that's how you lose okay uh did not expect that dumb of a game scheme coming out of them but hey it's the NFL anything's possible um, so let's move on to my picks for this week. Let's see. So I did four last week. That's rare. I usually only do three. So we're going to go to the lines. Um, and the first game that I have is Lions plus six. So let me go to the Lions game, see who they're playing. So I'm betting on the Lions. This is two straight weeks of betting on the Lions. Last week did not work out. Uh, no. So I think that makes them, I think they're 0-2. Let me check that. Um, let me find this game here. Okay, yeah, so they're playing the Cardinals this week. Um, there's a couple reasons why I think the Lions can not, maybe not win this game, but I think they can cover. Six points is a lot of points. First of all, the Lions are 0-2, and I don't think they're an 0-2 team. Uh, they've... They've had they've struggled a little bit, but this team was very competitive last year, and the core is pretty much the same. So I don't I don't expect this team to take a major step back. I think you're going to see a little bit of desperation. Also, if you start 0-3, that's bad. That's hard to come back from. You're going to win a lot of games in the NFL, which is never easy. So teams do not want to go 0-3. The Cardinals, on other hand, on the other hand, are 2-0. I think just odds. I don't. I think Kyler can definitely rip up the Lions secondary with D Hop, but I I don't think this Cardinals defense is as good as people are making it out to be. I I really don't. I like Chandler Jones and Buda Baker is really all they have, and they they haven't played worthy opponents on their defensive side. They gave up 20 points to the Niners without. Uh, I think this is without. Uh, maybe it was with Raheem Mostert. But again, the yeah. So they had Raheem Mostert in this game, uh, who went off. That's the thing, though. They they had Raheem Mostert, and he went off on them, and that was probably their one piece of talent. I mean, I don't think 
George Kittle went out in the middle of the game. Uh, Debo Samuel was hurt. Brandon Ayuk was hurt. So their one and their two receivers gone. Kittle, their best tight end, gone at the middle of the game. Their second, other than Kittle, so it was their running back that led them in receiving yards with that massive, you know, he got a, like an 80-yard touchdown. So Raheem Moser had 95 yards receiving, and then the next closest guy was Kyle Yuschef, their fullback. So this is not, and Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback. He's solid. He's not great. This is not a massive test for the Cardinals. And then, of course, last week was the Redskins. Now you got a Lions team that is going to get Kenny Galladay back this week. It wasn't last week, but it's going to be this week. I expect them to come back and at least cover in this game. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I think this is this is pretty close to a lock. I do not see... I see desperation ball from the Lions starting to come into fruition, and I see the Cardinals possibly getting a little lazy, getting a little high on their horse here. I, I, still, I still think they might win this game, but I do not think it's going to be a, a blowout. I think that the Lions have a good enough team to compete with them, with Matt Stafford under center. Uh, speaking of the Niners, I think the Niners are my next pick. So let me go to the Niners. I took the Niners over Giants minus four. And this, I just think, is coaching. I I just... The Giants... Okay, so the, the Niners are unbelievably injury-ridden. They just lost Mostert. They lost, you know, whoever. So I could see this game... You know, I could see the Giants winning. You know what? I'm going to take this off. I'm going to take this off. I've never done this before. I've never changed a pick mid uh, mid show. Uh, let me go to my next one, and then we're gonna sc- scour for the next one because I just I'm looking at all the Niners injuries, and <laughs> they don't have Raheem Mostert. They don't have Tevin Coleman. That's an RB one and an RB two gone. They still don't have Debo. George Kill's probably gonna play, but they don't have Garoppolo, and they don't have Nick Bosa. Uh, he's gone for the season. Yeah, I worry. I know that the Giants lost Saquon. That was the reason that I picked them. But I'm actually going to take this off. Um, so the, my next pick was Texans plus four. Now the Texans have a tough matchup and they're playing the Steelers. I think that for the same reasoning I picked the Lions is the same reasoning I'm, I'm picking the Texans here. Again, they might not win this game. Uh, but the, I think they're going to cover the four points. I think it's going to be a game-winning field goal or so by the Steelers, and the and the Texans can cover with these four. Um. I, again, Deshaun Watson had a terrible game last week against a Ravens defense. The Pittsburgh Steelers is not going to be easy, but I just I can't see Deshaun Watson playing as bad as he did again. He, I mean, he's a superstar. Brandon Cooks was way more involved. He didn't throw the ball to Fuller a lot. If he does throw the ball to Fuller. Uh, he can. I think he can do th- do some things. Um, but I I just I I can see Deshaun Watson having a good game and understanding the the ramifications of going 0 and 3. And I think you're going to see again the Steelers are 2 and 0. I can see them getting comfortable. Uh, the Steelers also had some moments w- last week where you were like, eh, Big Ben might not be quite there, you know. Um, so. I, I, I like the Texans here. I don't necessarily like them to win, but I think they can cover. Uh, and then I'm going to change my last pick. So I've changed Niners, and who I'm going to take is the Miami Dolphins plus three over Jacksonville. Uh, so let me... I just want to look at Jacksonville's record for a minute. Uh, let's find them. Uh, 
Okay, so they're one and one. Minshew looks good. James Robinson looks good. Very strange. That kind of came out of the woodwork. Uh, we're going to talk about James Robinson a little bit in the fantasy segment. Um, but the reason I'm taking the Dolphins is just because I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is, if he's playing a good defense, is awful. And if he's playing a bad defense, is great. So I, I see a scenario where the Dolphins start to see a little bit of life and they start to realize that they can win. And I think everyone kind of ups the ante. And I think they have pieces. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is capable of great games and is capable of great upsets. And I can definitely see him having a good, a really good game against this Jacksonville defense that's been really struggling so far. And I don't rely on Gardner Minshew to get me 330 yards and three touchdowns every game. I don't. I don't trust them yet. So I, I see I see the Dolphins. We'll see where that line goes. If the line goes less than three, I might pull it. So I'm not confident on this, but if if the line goes more than three, I might keep it. So I'll take we'll take uh, Dolphins plus three for now. I have three underdogs this week: Lions plus six, Texans plus four, Dolphins plus three. We'll see what happens. I pu- for the first time ever, I pulled my Niners pick just because I do think that the coaching's better on the Niners, but I I, I don't I've, I don't even know that team anymore. So we'll see what happens with a backup QB under center. Um. So let's transition to the fantasy segment. It's too early to talk about baseball yet. Um, so going to fantasy for a minute. I got some controversial starts and some controversial sits. Uh, sits. Uh, so I told you guys I was going to be talking a little bit about James Robinson. Now, obviously, I, I have James Robinson. So I think he's a good play this week. I still don't think, me personally, he's going to make it in my lineup. Just because I have Eckler, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and Jonathan Taylor. Um, but he should make he should make most lineups this week. He's playing Miami against an offense that's scoring points. He should be in in your lineup. I know he's a waiver pickup, so it's a little weird to put a waiver pickup in there. But he's he's proven himself. I mean, he gets 15 touches a game. He can catch the he can catch the pass. That's probably not going to be his primary role, but he can catch the pass. Uh, he got 10 points and then 18 points in non PPR, probably more in PPR. So he's proven himself to be the guy. Uh. Again, I don't know what the deal is with Ryquil Armstead when he comes back from COVID, but I would start him this week. Another person I would start is C.D. Lamb. Uh, Michael Gallup is not doing great. He's not throwing him the ball a lot, and C.D. Lamb has kind of looked good. Just just off the eye test, I think C.D. Lamb looks a little bit better than Michael Gallup. Uh, looking at the matchup here, the Seahawks, you saw them get torched. For some reason, that secondary is in really tough shape. Well, they have Griffin there, and they have the Griffin brothers. They have Jamal Adams. I don't understand, but I would I would think about starting C.D. Lamb. Uh, that's that is a little controversial. He could bust. I'm not saying that it's not a possibility. Any offense that has three wide receivers, there's no guaranteed option. Um, but I think he looks good, and I think he definitely could be used in this game. Look to get a lot of C.D. Lamb. Uh, come this week and possibly throw him in your lineup at a, at a flex play or maybe a, a low-end wide receiver too. Um, the next person I have on my list is Tyler Higby. So let me go to Tyler Higby for a minute. I assume he's got a great matchup. Uh, and he, and he, and he kind of does. I mean, the Bills have a good defense, but if you really look at the Bills, they give up a lot of points to tight ends for some reason. So that interior is kind of open. Uh, and we saw last week that Tyler Higby 
does not mind throwing to Tyler. Uh, that Jared Goff does not mind throwing to Tyler Higby, especially in the red zone. And I expect them to get in the red zone. Uh, the the Bills have a good defense, but the Rams have shown some good strength, some good football so far. I think this is going to be a good game, and I think Bills, you know, giving up a lot of points to tight ends. I think that we could see a lot more of Tyler Higby again, despite a little bit of a tough matchup. So that's again, this is all. These are all controversial. These could all bust. But I think he's not a bad one to bet on. This one's a little less controversial. Mike Davis. Uh, let me just see the matchup here. Uh, let's go to Panthers. Um, he's playing the Chargers. Tough matchup. But I see I see a world where Mike Davis gets 20 carries. I just don't think that the, the Panthers are going to change their whole scheme up just because Christian McCaffrey's down. I don't think they trust Teddy Bridgewater enough. Uh, this Chargers defense is great, so this could, you know, this could backfire. But I do like Mike Davis and the volume that he's going to see. I mean, we're we're probably going to get he's going to get at least 15 touches, and any you know, any situation against a desperate Panthers team that needs a win, where you're going to get 15 touches and you're going to be involved, is going to score points. I just I think he get you that 10 at a flex position. What you want generally is 10 points. You want 10 from your flex, and I think he's he's a solid option, especially in a non-PPR league. If you have a PPR, it might be a little bit different. Um, but he's he's who I like in non-PPR. Uh, as for sits, oh, Deshaun Watson. Again with Deshaun Watson. Again, I am a Deshaun Watson owner. So this is very frustrating. But I think you have to consider sitting him again. I I, I I predicted that the Texans are going to have a bounce back, so I'm starting him, but I'm not confident. If you can get a guy like Gardner Minshew, first of all, against the Dolphins, is going to go off. Um, uh, let's see. Let's go back to the games for a minute. But I know Gardner Minshew's among the top QBs. Um, and the other one is Ryan Fitzpatrick that I talked about earlier. I think he could have a really big game. I think these are guys that are a little more, a little more guaranteed than Deshaun Watson. I, I just, you can't ever count him out just because he's a superstar. Um, but I'm a little nervous. I am against the Pittsburgh defense. He hasn't had time. He hasn't, you know, really been able to establish much chemistry with any of his receivers. Um, so I'm a little nervous here, I gotta say. Uh, so tough first three weeks for Deshaun Watson, and he might be a guy you want to actually trade for, given these tough matchups. Because I think a lot of people are gonna be very low, and I think he may struggle a little bit against that Pittsburgh secondary. Um, and that's a perfect time to buy low because he's had an unbelievably unlucky first three weeks. I mean, you have Chiefs, you have Ravens, and then you have, uh, you know, uh, the Steelers. So. Good time to buy low. Another guy that's a very, very controversial sit. Clyde Edwards-Alaire does not have a great matchup. He's playing the Ravens. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire did not do well last game either. Um, I have a debate. He had seven points against the Chargers. Now, the Chargers have a good defense. But the Ravens have an even better defense. So he, he can get you points in the passing game too, which is why he's still a value. But I don't love him. I do not love him. Um, and then another good play, or another sit, actually, 
is Melvin Gordon. So let me see who Melvin Gordon's playing. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Tampa Bay Buccaneers are ranked pretty low in rush yards. I think they've had some bad luck. But this is still a stout front seven. I mean, they're they are loaded. They have they still have like Nadamikin Sue, Jason Pierreval, Paul, Levante David. Uh they have they have tons of pieces in this front seven. I do not trust Melvin enough in this situation. I mean, if he didn't find the end zone last week, he would have had a bad game. Uh I don't trust him again this week. I don't think that it's a good play. I think the Bucks still have a great defense in that front seven. And I don't love Melvin there. Um, that's really all I have for controversial start sets. There's a lot of obvious ones, but I'm going to move into trades really quickly because there's a lot, I have a lot in trades. Uh, the first one on my list, we talked about James Robinson. I would go try to get James Robinson if you can. He still has kind of low value just because he's a waiver pickup. Uh, but he, again, he's getting at least 15 touches a game in an offense that scores points. You've got to go for that. Uh, Joe Mixon is a great target right now. I think he had five points in the first game, eight in the second. This is all non-PBR, by the way. So if he has catches, that you know, it factors out differently. Um, but the Bengals are moving the football. And that's something that we we are not used to seeing. Uh, the, the Bengals really, they, they're not afraid to use Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow's looked pretty good. Uh, we're used to the Bengals kind of struggling on offense. And A.J. Green gets hurt a lot, and he could get hurt again. But I expect this team to actually... I mean, they scored 30 points the other day, didn't they? Uh, let me see. The Bengals... Yeah, 30 points were scored. It's un—it's crazy to me that Joe Mixon was not involved in one of those scores. Unbelievably unlucky. And I don't see them slowing down either. They have a pretty good schedule here on out. Joe Mixon is a very good piece to target. Five points and eight points? This is a guy that's a nu- the number one running back on that Bengals team. And if they're moving the football, he is worth... You could get him for low right now because he had a bad last year too, but I would go for him. Another one's Le'Veon Bell. I mean, I talked about this last show. Um, Again, Deshaun Watson's still on this list. But Le'Veon Bell, people are frustrated. Uh, He gets hurt a lot, but if he... If he comes back and he's healthy, that's a guy that can get you. He's the workhorse running back on a Jets team, you know, and he's a, he's there in the passing game. And Sam Darnold likes to th- like to check down. Uh, also, the the kicker with Le'Veon Bell is if he is, uh, if he is, I th- I see a scenario this year where Le'Veon Bell gets traded, and if I and if he gets traded, I think that actually helps him more than it more than it hurts him, because I think. Uh, I think he's going to go to a contender. I mean, someone that's going to trade for Le'Veon Bell and take on that contract is going to be a team that is in win-now mode. Could honestly be a team like the Niners um, that kind of need a running back in that spot. I mean, with Mostert out, you know, Mostert could be their guy, but um, it's going to be a contender, and and it, and it could go to a much better offensive line. I mean, this Jets offensive line is completely new, completely and they have they have don't they don't show much chemistry right now. I just I see them struggling, and I don't like. Why would you hang on to Le'Veon Bell if your team is just going to suffer like this? You know, um, so poor Sam Darnold. I mean, this guy he missed last year, and now he's going to be stuck with a bunch of you know nobodies this year because people are just getting hurt left and right. But I think as a trade, as for fantasy football purposes, Le'Veon Bell might be a good trade, you know, target 
if people are, are still frustrated in him. The other is Darius Slayton. Obviously, with Sterling Shepard going down, that's big. I would also go in, uh, go in for Evan Ingram. I talked about that last show also. Hit way more yards this time. Still hasn't found the end zone yet, but the Giants have had a crazy hard schedule. Uh, let me just see who the Giants have played, uh, just to make sure. But I do not think they had any... I know they played the Steelers. Yep, they played the Steelers and the Bears. Two pristine defenses in the NFL. Uh, and then they're going against the 49ers this week. Maybe wait. See if he struggles against the Niners, which he might. And then uh, and then make a move. Because also with no Saquon for the rest of the year, the Giants are not going to give him 20 touches a game. They're going to give a running back, if it's Devontae Freeman, if it's Deion Lewis, like 10-12. And that's a significant difference. That's, that's 10 more throws that Daniel Jones is probably going to have uh, on a week-to-week basis. Uh, remember, he's Matthew Berry's ride or die, too. Uh, he, had, he had a good finish to last season. Um, so, Evan Ingram, Darius Slayton. The other one is Julio Jones. Uh, Calvin Ridley is crazy right now. Calvin Ridley might be a guy that, if you can if you can trade him, I'm a, I would think about it, because I don't think that this is consistent. I would be shocked if this is consistent. But Julio Jones is having some horrible, horrible luck. Horrible luck. He, he dropped the pass in the end zone the other day. That would have turned his game around. He's getting targeted a lot. Um, but Calvin really seeing an unprecedented amount of targets. And what's going to happen is when defenses start to see that he's kind of tearing it up, they're going to focus more on him. And then Julio will remind everybody that he's also a superstar. So go get him. Uh, people are probably low. People are probably frustrated. His, his value is pretty low. I would say go make a move for them. Another one is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I'd wait a week for this, too, because he's going to struggle against the Ravens tonight. Or not tonight, but uh, I think it's Monday Night Football where they play. Uh, He's probably going to struggle. His value is going to be low. Make a move because we know that the Chiefs offense is not going to do poorly. They they struggled a little bit against the Chargers, but that's a good defense, and that was a weird game. Not a normal thing. Um, Let's see if we can wrap this up. So then my last ones is trade away. If you have Zach Ertz, I'm worried. If you have T.Y. Hilton, I'm a little worried. Um, I would I would look to move Zach Ertz because I I think I think they like Goddard more personally, and that's big. They have a two tight end system now. Uh, Rager just got hurt, which which will up his value a little bit. But I do worry about Zach Ertz. I would think about moving him. Uh, Melvin Gordon's another one, and the reason that I say that is because his value is pretty high. He's done well against some good defenses, but people are forgetting that Philip Lindsay is going to come back, and they are going to split carries, which is going to eliminate eight touches from Melvin Gordon every week, and it's going to give touchdowns to Philip Lindsay. Drew Locke is also going to come back at a certain point, so maybe wait a week or two and then trade Melvin Gordon because then they're going to be apt to pass more, right? Um, I, I, I see his value going down. Now, Keenan Allen, another guy, what you want to do is wait a week and trade because uh, Anthony Lynn has said that Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback when he's 100% healthy. Now, he could be lying. I don't know, but I have to take him at his word. And if I do, if I, if I do take him at his word, I'm worried about Keenan Allen. The offense did not look good under Tyrod Taylor. It did not look dynamic. They just handed the ball off a lot. They didn't turn it over. They scored like... 10 points, it's going to be low scoring, low turnover, not a lot of excitement, and that's what they want with Tyrod. That's what Tyrod brings. That is not fantasy relevant. That is not what you want fantasy-wise. I'm worried about Austin Eckler in that sense. If it is Justin Herbert, 
I love Keenan Allen, and I love Austin Eckler, and I love Joshua Kelly and all these guys. Uh, but if it is Tyrod, I'm worried, and I think it could be in a couple weeks. We'll see what what happens with this this weird punctured lung situation. <laughs> what a terrible doctor, but um, I, I would look to move Keenan. I would. Um, so that just about does it here for me. Yeah, we're about at 45 minutes. Uh, so we got our picks of the week down. We got our fantasy start sets. We got our trade and we got our reactions. Uh, that's going to do it here. I'll see you all next week on another, uh, rendition of playing the field. Thanks guys.